Hi, I'm Curious Cass, and this is Curiosity Junkie. I'm on a mission to explore and share ways to manage, soothe, and understand trauma and the anxiety it creates, because anxiety, over time, can create some pretty serious health issues, and if you're like me, you want to live a long and healthy life. If you'd like to support the show, please like, subscribe, and share. It helps to boost the show, and I greatly appreciate any and all support. You can also support the show by making a donation through PayPal or Buy Me a Coffee. Links are in the description. Thanks again for your support. Now, let's jump into today's topic, road rage. What is it about getting behind the wheel of a car that turns us all into race car drivers? Why do some of us turn into complete and total assholes for getting everything we know about common courtesies? If you've been living in a cave for the last few years, you may be asking yourself, what exactly is road rage? It's been defined in a couple of different ways. The first one, violent anger caused by the stress and frustration involved in driving a motor vehicle in difficult conditions. The other one I found pretty interesting, a motorist's uncontrolled anger that is usually provoked by another motorist's irritating act and is expressed in aggressive or violent behavior. But The official definition of road rage, as described by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, or the NHTS, is an act of assault with a motor vehicle or other dangerous weapon by the operator or passengers of one motor vehicle or precipitated by an incident that occurred on a roadway. One of the perks of working outside the home again is that I get to once again spend time driving on the Arizona highways. Lucky me. Personally, I'm triggered by those who choose to text while driving. Here's what goes through my head. Um, hello, not sure you're aware of this, but the moment you pick up that phone to read that little text or respond to it, You begin to slow down and you naturally begin to drift into the next lane. Put your phones down, people. It can wait. Arrive alive. As I was driving home the other day from work, I found myself, as usual, talking to the other drivers on the road. Now, when I say talking, I mean just that. I talk in a way that could be interpreted as talking to myself if someone were watching me. I mean... Heaven forbid someone with extreme road rage thinks I'm yelling at them, pulls out a gun, or runs me off the road. No, that is not how I go. The more I drive, the more curious I get about how others deal with mild to moderate cases of road rage on a daily basis. And so, once again, I turn to the internet to answer my burning questions. And here's what I found on road rage. In a small study, researchers at Texas A&M University, where the Texas Transportation Institute studied the impact of testing in an actual driving environment. Essentially, 
texting while driving doubles the driver's reaction time, said Christine Yeager, who led the study. That makes a driver less able to respond to sudden roadway dangers. In the study, 42 drivers between the ages of 16 and 54 drove on an 11-mile, 17-kilometers, test course while sending or receiving text messages, and again, while focusing completely on the road. The typical reaction time for stopping at the light without texting was between one and two seconds. But while texting, it increased to three or four seconds, regardless of whether the driver was typing or reading a text. The lag in reaction times was greater than in an earlier study conducted in a lab simulator. Jaeger explained that the three to four second lag time is significant because at highway speeds, a driver can travel the length of a football field in that time. Okay, that blows my mind and it should scare us enough to put our phones down or put on that little driving do not disturb thing or whatever that option is on the smartphone. Texting drivers in the study were also more likely to swerve in their lane. We had participants strike barrels and it was very scary to think that this is happening on our public roadways, said Jaeger, adding the findings also apply to other distractions such as checking emails, and social media. So why do we do it? We know it's dangerous, but we do it anyway. That, my friends, is an entirely different podcast episode. In short, it's all about getting that hit of dopamine. We have been conditioned by our smartphones to get that feel-good fix when we hear that notification sound. And naturally, we are compelled to respond while driving so we can ensure our next hit of dopamine. But I digress. What is it about driving that makes us all so crazy? In an article written by Ryan Martin, PhD, for Psychology Today, he explains that there are basically four reasons why we get so mad. The first one, tension. Quite simply, Driving is dangerous. Because it's dangerous, it makes us nervous. This is true whether we've been doing it for days, years, or decades. Even if we are so used to it that we don't notice it anymore, we still feel some tension when we drive. Our heart rate increases, our muscles tense up, etc. What this means for anger is that When we are primed for feeling strong emotions, that tension state makes us more likely to get angry when faced with the provocation. Number two, goal blocking. Just about every time we are behind the wheel, we have a destination in mind. Unless we are truly just out sightseeing, there is something we are trying to get to and there is probably a specific time we are supposed to be there. In other words, we have a goal in mind, and it's long been known that when our goals are blocked, we get angry. 
every red light that stops us, every driver going too slow, and every poorly marked intersection is one more thing keeping us from our goal. In fact, you've probably noticed that when you're running late for something or when being on time is extra important, you get even angrier about these sorts of slowdowns. This is because the more important the goal, the worse those instances of goal blocking become and the angrier we get. Number three, unwritten rules. Of course, there are all sorts of written rules for the road. We have speed limits, rules governing intersections, and a host of other laws that dictate how we should drive. However, few people follow those written rules to the letter of the law. Most people have their own set of rules that loosely follow the written ones. For example, most people don't follow the speed limit, but use it as a guideline for how fast they're willing to drive on a particular road. Here's my theory on the speed limit. It's a suggestion, simply a suggestion. Okay, so what this means is that we all have our own slightly different set of rules. When someone violates our rule, we get angry. Imagine for a moment that you think driving 65 miles per hour in a 55 mile per hour zone is appropriate. If you come up behind someone driving 60 miles per hour and you can't pass, you might get angry because he or she isn't driving fast enough. If someone comes up and rides your bumper because you aren't driving fast enough, you might get angry at him or her for going too fast. In this scenario, you are all violating the written rule, i.e. the speed limit. But your anger is the result of the other drivers having broken your personal unwritten rule. Interesting. Number four, anonymous offenders. Finally, part of what lends itself to the anger is that most of the time, the other drivers are unknown to us. This makes it really easy for us to label them negatively or make assumptions about why they did what they did. So when another driver cuts us off, we can call him or her a complete idiot, hmm, something I use often, with no evidence to the contrary. We can even make assumptions about his or her motivation. For example, imagine you were driving on the interstate and come up on a car driving just below the speed limit. You might label that person a hazard or overly cautious and get angry, but Imagine that you found out that the person had recently been in a terrible car accident and that this was his first time back on the road. Your perception of that person's driving might change greatly, but because other drivers are anonymous to us, we rarely get the opportunity for that sort of understanding. Here's a few statistics I thought I'd share with you. Leading time and day for fatal road rage and aggressive driving accidents. Sunday had the greatest at about 20%. Monday was close behind at about 19%. Thursday was next at about 14%. 
Saturday was close behind at about 12%. And Tuesday, Friday, and Wednesday all came in around 10%. What are the hours with the highest rate of fatal aggressive driving accidents? Well, there's one, 10 p.m. And the hour with the lowest rate of fatal aggressive driving accidents, 8 a.m. Honestly, that kind of surprises me. I'm on the road at about 8 a.m. every day, and there are some crazy drivers out there. Now, I found another article from Men's Health written by Stephen Corby in 2018. Stephen says, remorse doesn't necessarily follow road rage. Ragers often see their actions as appropriate responses. Research by Lauren Shaw, PhD, an assistant lecturer at Monash University, found that when people perceived another driver as being discourteous or not following the rules, they wanted to teach the other driver a lesson. Even in the cold light of several days later, most people think the road rage was justified and that the recipient deserved it. He also found a study or research by AAA Foundation for Traffic Safety. They found that nearly 80% of Americans admit to being aggressive when driving. The most recent National Highway and Traffic Safety Administration data suggests that between 2008 and 2017, the number of fatal crashes a year involving aggressive driving climbed from 105 to 432. According to the Auto Insurance Center, the highest number, 54% of aggressive driving accidents and fatalities were caused by millennials. This is fascinating because I thought for sure it would be my age group, the baby boomers. And maybe that's just because I know I struggle from time to time with mild to moderate road rage, like daily. Here's a few more statistics. Basically, the age group who experiences road rage the most often were the millennials, followed by a big grouping of all other age groups and then Gen X, and then baby boomers. Here's something interesting, state fatalities. Indiana was number one. Remember, this is in 2018. Indiana was number one at 77, South Carolina, 64. And again, this is fatalities. Alabama, 64, Colorado, 53, Wisconsin, 22. And it goes down from there stopping with Texas at six. So let me ask you this. Do you know your warning signs for road rage? At the Consumer Electronics Show in 2018, auto company Kia announced that it's working on technology to assess a driver's emotional state and automatically alter the cabin environment based on that information. For now, It's DIY. Learn your warning sign, says Robert Nemrovoski, PSYD of California. Those might include grinding teeth, balling hands into fists, and swearing. Mm, 
I think I'm guilty of all of those. So maybe that's what I need to pay attention to next time I get in my car. Hmm. Once you know your warning signs, you can then take steps to prevent road rage. In an article from Arrive Alive, they offer up a plan to prevent road rage. Here is their 10-point plan to prevent road rage. Number one, forget work or home worries. Concentrate on driving. When I was driving in Texas and Atlanta, anytime I got in my vehicle, I would say, I'm not in a hurry and these highways aren't that bad. Let's arrive alive, people. And then I would take off down the road. And honestly, I don't know if it was like setting the intention that it was all going to go okay. It just seemed to open up for me and I felt really comfortable driving on those highways. But I would get in my car and say, I'm not in a hurry, arrive alive. Next, plan your journey to reduce anxiety and stress. Adopt a positive mental attitude to help with frustration. I once heard someone say that when someone cut them off in traffic, they would say out loud, wow, they must really have to pee. And I have to tell you, when I tried it, it would always make me smile. And that would keep me from getting frustrated. Give it a whirl. Might help you. Playing music can reduce stress. I think a little Zen spa kind of music might be just the ticket for me. Don't try to change other drivers' attitudes. You can't, but you can change your own. Be courteous and stay calm if provoked. This is when I begin to talk to myself, a.k.a. at them. I don't get crazy with my hands or shake my head around. I simply quietly say, Slow down, you crazy idiot, with a smile on my face. Drive with your car doors locked, and if you see trouble, don't leave the safety of your vehicle. Count from 1 to 10. It's old, but it works. If I counted to 10, it would be followed by, and you're still an asshole. But that's just me. Don't retaliate by sounding your horn flashing your lights, or gesturing. This will only aggravate the situation. This to me is common sense, but then again, when we get angry, all common sense goes out the window. If you are a victim of aggression, take the registration number and report the incident to the police. And remember, don't go home. If an aggressive driver follows you, drive to the nearest police station. Remember, it is better to get there late than not get there at all. So what's your road rage trigger and how do you keep yourself in check while driving on the highways? Let me know in the comments. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Thanks again for tuning in and listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, please take a moment to like, subscribe, and share. This helps boost the show, and I greatly appreciate your support. Stay safe and stay curious, my friends. 